I am mining investor and editor of Resource Stock Digest, Gerardo Del Real, here with my partner, friend, and colleague, Mr. Nick Hodge, who's also an investor and the publisher of Daily Profit Cycle. This is the 221st edition of our weekly therapy session that we call Investing in Bizarro World. We're going to talk gold, we're going to talk uranium, we're going to talk debt ceiling. I'm going to ask Nick if he's gay yet. A lot to get into. Let's get right into it. Mr. Nick Hodge, first and foremost, how are you today? Are you indeed gay yet? I'm gay to be here. <laughs> I know you have some pretty family, pretty important family milestones coming up. I have a nice trip coming up to Yosemite in the near future. So I'm gay as all hell too. Awesome. <laughs> What's the backstory behind that? Well, the backstory behind that is, you know, I laugh at Twitter 99% of the time, no matter what it is, right? It could be somebody saying Gerardo's crazy, Gerardo's hair, whatever. it's all funny to me, right? It's not the real world. But I see so many people that I actually follow on Twitter. Um, some of these people that I know, and they are just out of this world offended that there's a oh, pride yeah. month and that, you know, Target has a, a section where you can embrace, you know, your, 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 your sexuality and you can embrace, you know, and I just... I, I wonder if like people just think that like if if there's like a pride month or a pride celebration, if it, they think they have to go and be gay, like or, or if like Target has a section, I just wonder if they think they have to go to Target and go to the section and become gay or that their kids have to become gay. And, you know, we can have a conversation about groomers and all of that, but that's just a crime and that's just creepy. And it happens with, you know, priests and it happens with heterosexual people and it happens across the board, right? And I'm all for targeting anybody that's targeting kids in a criminal manner or in a sexual manner that, you know, obviously um, not cool at all. But people aren't offended at that. People are offended at just the fact that gay people exist and they choose to say, for so long we've been getting our ass kicked and we haven't been acknowledged just as a group. Yeah, we're going to throw a party every now and then. And so I don't know. And, they're, they're, and I'm sure they're great parties too. Uh, look, I have a lot of gay and bi friends. Some of the best parties I've ever been to are gay, bi, and, and very fluid parties. Like, I've never walked out of one of those going, man, I wasn't gay then, but I sure as hell am gay now. <laughs> oh, man, I shouldn't have hung out with those gays. So anyhow, I figured I'd check if you were gay yet. Because it's Pride no, it's, Month. I know apparently we're all going to be gay. It's all so silly. I've seen it. The Target, the Coles, the the Bud Light, um, all the things, right? I see it. people I know locally from, you know, where I grew up posting about it. There's a, a Skittles bank someone was ranting about this week. I mean, you've always had to taste the rainbow if you if you had the Skittles, right? I mean, this isn't really a reach for them. So, yeah, I mean, this is what it is, right? People are going to be upset about stuff all the time and um, I think there's more important issues and, and bigger fish to, fish to fry. Like you say, if you don't want to uh, embrace the pride or you don't want to fly the, the rainbow flag or wear the rainbow um, debating suit or whatever, then then don't buy it. No, Just like, no. you know, if you yeah. don't want to wear the Black Rifle coffee t-shirt or hat, you don't got to buy the Black Rifle coffee t-shirt or hat, right? It's just the yeah. other side of the coin. That's it. That's it. There was a baseball player for the Blue Jays. And you know what? He's right too. You know, he made he made a comment saying that you know he didn't want to wear his baseball jersey, you know, with the pride uniform on there because he's fully heterosexual, really enjoys women, and you know doesn't subscribe to to to, to the lifestyle. And I think he's right too. Like you shouldn't have to wear it, right? You shouldn't have to be uh, forced to to represent something that doesn't represent you. But also, if it doesn't represent you, then I don't think you should 
really care as much as people, some people seem to care about, you know, the fact that there are options for people to celebrate um, their lifestyle. So did they make him wear it or did they find him for not wearing it? I'd be interested they, in the they, answer they, to they, that. I'll, fo I'll follow up. I'll follow up. Mm. And I'll follow up by typing away right now and seeing exactly what happened. Right. Mm. So let's uh, let's get to the markets. Let me get your take yep. on the overall indices. The Nasdaq Kramer might be right for once. The Nasdaq's actually doing halfway decent, mostly on the back of Apple, which makes up a good bulk of that index. Right. Um, I think Apple hit highs that it hadn't hit since December of 2021, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Tell me, Mr. Hodge, are we out of the bear market uh, woods yet? Uh, no. <laughs> um, it, you know, the S&P 500 is up, I think, 10% for the year. But the, the S&P 493 is, is flat to up 1%. And those uh, seven companies that make the difference from the S&P 493 to the S&P 500 are... Um, what you would guess, uh, the companies you just mentioned, plus uh, NVIDIA, right? So um, these tech companies are, are propping up the entire uh, index, uh, as it were. Like I say, they're responsible for all of the gains yep. so far year to date on the back of AI, which, um, let's face it, has been a boon to companies like uh, especially NVIDIA, which everyone is talking about, which we all know uh, has reached a trillion dollar market cap. You know, I played a game, you know, I, I go downstairs to heat up my lunch on most days and I turn on the Bloomberg and yesterday I was like, I wonder how long it's going to take for, for them to mention AI. And so I turned on the TV and I walked to the fridge and I got my food and before I could even get in the microwave, they were AI, talking AI, about AI. Yeah. <laughs> And then everyone's seen the chart and if you haven't, just Google it about the, the amount of times AI is mentioned on these uh, conference yeah. calls. And we've been mentioning it here. Um, on the podcast as well, it's no different than, you know, blockchain, uh, sure. right? Or, or crypto before. It's just the latest narrative to go up. And so if you look at the fundamentals, uh, the technicals and the particulars of everything, um, we're still in a bear market and we're still in a growth slowing environment. Earnings growth for the S&P was negative. You've got nearly all the companies reporting now, I think 491 out of 500 or something like that. The earnings growth was down 2.7%. Um, uh, you look at the GDP and it's it's stagnating. Um, and so, no, we're, we're still in a bear market and there's not a lot working. Like if you look at the uh, 11 sectors of the S&P, eight of them are down for the year. The ones that are right. up are the tech related ones, communication services and uh, and tech companies. And so, no, we're, we're in, a, in a bear market. And um, we, we were talking about the debt ceiling recently, you know. Um, for all the, 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 the talk about that, and, and we can spend more time on it if you want. I have a couple of things I'd yeah, like to get off, not to get off my chest, but discuss, discuss about the debt ceiling. Um, there was no euphoria when a deal finally got reached, right? Like, uh, in fact, the deal got reached uh, a couple of days ago before we recorded this, and, and the stock market went down the day after yeah. the deal was reached. So there was uncertainty about whether it was going to you know, pass the House, and, and it has, and it's going on to the Senate. Uh, but the real thing, and I was writing about this in, in last month's issue of Foundational Profits, is uh, I had a whole section dedicated to liquidity, right? Now they've got to fund the government, right? They, now they've they passed the bill to, to fund the government. Now they've got to actually fund it. And I, I, that gets above my pay grade, but it has to do with the, you know, buying treasuries and the money to, to buy the treasuries is going to come out of, of banks and, and potentially out of stocks. And so... Um, the fundamentals for the stock market are are weak, and yet it continues to go up. And as I said, that's all because of seven companies that are that are tech related. All it takes is one Patriot battery metals, and everybody thinks you're smart. 
All it takes is a basket of seven stocks and all of a sudden they think everything's rosy. I agree with you 100%. I think it's important to know the way that indexes are weighted and I think it's important to know you know, who leads, what companies lead those indexes, either higher or lower, because you, one, could be missing out on some opportunities, or two, you could be buying near a top, not knowing that, you know, sentiment isn't rosy all the way around. It's really a specific group of companies that happen to have a good quarter that are bolstering everything up. So we'll leave that there. I tell you what I do like, um, gold, resilient, Dollar index above 104. It went down after the debt ceiling agreement, quote unquote, hasn't been signed. I don't believe them until they sign it, but looks like they have an agreement in principle. Um, but it held the 1977 mark really well today, stubbornly close to that 2000 level. Thoughts on gold? Still liking it? I told you it's time to buy the dips in buy gold. The dip. Um, but yeah, buy the dip, sell the rip, uh, just like it's been in the NASDAQ for the, for the past 10 years. Um, no, that's where we are. Gold is bullish. Um, you've seen the 10 year come down a little bit, which is, uh, allowed gold to go back up. You remember yep. it was closer to 1900 than, than 2000. The last time you and I recorded this podcast and has had itself a good past week, uh, because those longer term rates have softened. Um, no, lots of like with gold, um, continue to buy the dips. Uh, I think yep. it remains bullish. Um, got close to back to 2000 uh, this week and, and and is doing its little consolidation thing. But yep. I'm happy to have money allocated to both uh, the physical, the paper physical uh, and the miners. And um, again, have made some recent recommendations there that you and I have talked about on this podcast. So gold remains bullish and and uh, not just gold. The, the PGMs are, are bullish as well. Uh, platinum, yep. I mentioned, I think, on a recent podcast. And so now, silver's gotten swept back up a little bit on the commodity side of things, uh, which we always yeah. say is uh, is an industrial metal, and, and copper remains soft. So uh, silver, not as much as gold, though um, still technically bullish, uh, as is gold. Have to talk uranium. Couldn't help but notice a lot of the uranium equities. <clears throat> this was across the board, not just here in the U.S., but in Australia as well. A lot of the equities up some 15 20% here over the last couple of days. You know, the spot price is up. A dollar or so over the last couple of days, but it's been steadily trickling higher just a little bit at a time. Boring is all hell, right? But going in the right direction. And look, there's a rumor out there and it hasn't been confirmed. So we'll, we'll probably know by the time you all see this. We record this on Thursday, June the 1st. Um, but there's a rumor that there's a utility that decided to fill one reactor and that they were willing to pay $59 a pound. And so supposed to be off market, supposed to clear the market early next week. And if it prints 59 next week from the 55 level right now, I can tell you the uranium stocks are going to be on absolute fire. This little 20% move, you haven't seen anything yet compared to what's coming if we get a 59.60 print here soon. Thoughts on uranium? Yeah, it's funny how we sniff it out. We hadn't talked about uranium on this podcast in a bit. Yeah. And last week I made a point to talk about it. Um, and I was saying that the spot price was was moving up and was um, back to 52-week highs, and yet the equities were were lagging and, and had some ground to make up. And uh, lo and behold, they made up some of that ground over the the past week. I agree with you. Um, they have they have higher to go. Uh, last week we talked about small modular reactors, and we talked about the the Biden administration and the import export bank and the yep. um, the funds they were lending to that. You know, we all know the fundamentals in the uranium space. Uh, continue to play out, continue to build. And uh, we were just waiting for for what the next catalyst was going to be to send shares higher. And it sounds like you've got your 
your finger on one there. I, I hadn't heard that rumor or, or seen that news anywhere, but uh, that makes perfect sense. And and certainly the um, equities, the uranium equities and the uranium ETFs had a, had a good week this week. So um, I look forward to, to, to more of that. They're, they're still uh, relatively cheap, I would say, uh, after the most recent pullback. And so yeah. um, obviously I'm a uranium bull and, and like that space a lot. I, I, I couldn't agree more. The lithium stocks continue um, to surge. You know, Patriot was stable this week, closed right around the $16 a share level. Hasn't broken a 20 yet. Frankly, I don't care when it does. I don't care when it hits 50. I just care that it does, right? The position isn't going anywhere in any meaningful way until that happens. But look, some of the other James Bay potential you know, next big deals in the area are starting to really run. One which ran away from me, and I had mentioned it on this podcast because I was trying to build a position and I I was unsuccessful because I hate chasing stocks and this one just keeps running on me. But the one I have a pretty robust position on is, is Q2 Metals. Uh, we talked about it for several weeks. We told you we thought that 50, 60 cent level a month or so ago was probably a low in anticipation of exploration plans that were coming up and at the time a 10 cent financing that you and I participated in of becoming free trading and, and sure enough that hit a, a high of a dollar and eight cents this week on substantial volume the other stock that I had mentioned because I wanted to build a position but I'll, I'll let it out the bag because I think it's got some merit and I think um, you know the audience is well served in doing some due diligence is a company that's got a property right next to Q2's flagship, and that's Ophir Gold, right? They have a property that what's good for what's good for one is going to be good for the other. If Q2 hits and they're able to show that you know they're hitting near the boundary of Ophir Gold's property, um, then it's 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 one long continuous trend is kind of the 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 thesis right now that should be proved up here late this summer, early fall once Q2 gets out there and starts drilling. So. I feel comfortable with my exposure to that part of James Bay because of my position in Q2. I do wish I would have uh, added substantially at the 20 cent level. Congrats to those of you out there who were early on that and did add. That's one that uh, got away from me because I hate chasing stocks. But thoughts on uh, lithium, which to me clearly has bottomed and, and, and thoughts on any of the other lithium names that you might be following that maybe aren't on the radar of most people. Um. No, I don't have a lot to add there. Um, Q2 has been has been really strong, and um, you just recorded a, a video about that this week. We'll have to go radio silent on the on the Q2 coming up here in the in the next couple of weeks. Um, but it looks good. Um, you know, one I'm involved with is is Critical Elements, and and it's been soft. Um, and, and shareholders are wondering why it's fallen down below two dollars, where it hasn't been in uh, some time. And I think. And that's a function of not having announced a, a financing package yet, right? Yeah. Everyone's waiting with bated breath because they're approved. You know, their project is approved. Yeah. Um, they've got the feasibility study, et cetera. Um, and it's just getting long in the tooth waiting for them to announce a financing package. And you wonder what that is. Are they just being um, really picky? Are they, you know, spending a lot of time doing their due diligence? Um but they put out news releases like they're, you know, uh, adding people and they're going to continue to do exploration on um, their flagship, which is uh, permitted and some other projects that they have. And then the, and the stock has been soft. So um, opportunities still abound in the in the lithium space uh, if you know where to look. But, you know, I don't have a lot to add to, to Patriot or Q2. I'm a, a happy and, and content shareholder. Excellent. What are you watching in the market here this coming week? I usually save that till the end, but I want to get right into that part of it. 
Yeah. Um, gosh, you know, we, 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 well, we can use this to expand on the debt ceiling. Um, so, um, you know, the bond market got wonky because of the, this whole, you know, debt ceiling thing, which they're stretching really close, right? Like they're going to be out of money on, on Monday or Tuesday, June 5th, I think is the, the X date as it were. Um, and uh, the Senate still got to pass it. You saw some um, noise on on both sides mm-hmm. of the political aisle when the the deal got reached um, between the Speaker of the House uh, and the President. And um, you know the the far right was upset that uh, you know McCarthy made some concessions, and the progressives um, were upset that you know uh, the Biden made some concessions. Well, you got to make concessions to get that deals done, but. Um, the things that were in there, particularly the student loans is what I wanted to mention. And then we can talk about the liquidity <laughs> as well is, you know, um, people have wondered how this consumer, how the consumer continues to spend, right? We know credit card debt just hit a trillion dollars. And then, and we know that the, you know, the household debts are up and it's, everyone's been wondering, you know, how can this, cons- how can the consumer keep spending? And one of the overlooked things has been because, you know, uh, the, the student loan payments have been deferred since COVID, right? Um, and we, you know, we know that whole thing's working its way through the Supreme Court, and they should have a ruling on that here in the in the next couple of months, June or July. Um, and given the composition of the Supreme Court, I have to think that they're going to say, "Joe Biden, can fuck yourself. These people got to pay their loans back." Um, <laughs> but nonetheless, this this debt ceiling that's deal, a legal um, opinion, is, folks. That's a legal opinion. <laughs> <laughs> this debt ceiling, this debt ceiling, um, you know, uh, deal. Um, made it so that the, the loans are going to have to be uh, starting to pay back. That was part part of this debt ceiling deal, and that's going to take um, you know consumer spending power out of the the system. I've seen people already pointing to you know uh, we know that a recession is coming, right? I mean the the, the yield curve has been inverted for over a year now, and hmm. it got a little it's bit. It's a long time to be inverted <laughs> over the past year, and we know that a recession has to come, and everyone keeps saying, well. You know, this GDP keeps squeaking out. The consumer is, you know, able to continue spending. And then this people having to, to, to reach into their coffers to, 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 to resume their student loan payments could be one of those things that, you know, takes the, the wind out of the sails of the economy and, and catalyzes or crystallizes uh, a recession. The other thing I was going to say about the debt ceiling and was writing about this last month in Foundational Profits is the way that the government has to fund itself. And again, yep. not an expert here on, on, on the mechanics of all this, but can give you the gist, right? Um, you know, I don't know a, a lot about anything, but I know a little bit about a lot is what I like to say. And so here's a little bit I, uh, I know about um, this debt ceiling is that the you know treasuries have to be purchased to refund the, the government, to, to refund the Treasury Department. Um, and that capital has to come from somewhere. And in an environment where we know that the M2 money supply has been shrinking, um, yes. And there's already been run on banks, runs on banks that this money's got to come from somewhere, either from banking reserves or potentially from selling stocks to to transfer into the the treasury purchase the treasury purchases. And so, um, even even though they've reached a deal, uh, albeit by running all the way up until the deadline, I mean the treasury's going to be in technical default like next week. The Senate better hurry up and pass this. But then becomes the then starts the process of funding the government, and so the liquidity issue is next. And um, that's that's what I'm keeping my eye on. Those couple of things there. Yeah, definitely uh, looking at uh, the 
the, the bond market, obviously. I mean, that's something I think even when it's smooth, right? When things aren't volatile, we're always watching um, for hints of what's coming next. So definitely keeping an eye on that. As always, expecting assays from Patriot. They have, I believe, 27 holes to report. I also want to hear plans uh, for the exploration program that should be underway or underway soon. I understand there was a site visit to be had here in the near term. So I'd love to hear some details there. So, you know, Patriots firing on all cylinders. Um, a lot of the lithium names are firing on all cylinders. The uranium names seem to have gained some traction finally after a pretty, you know, painful consolidation from, from recent highs, right? A lot of bargains in the uranium um, shopping aisle. That's about it. That's really all that I'm watching on my end. I know that you wanted to talk about um, Maryland license plates and Indian reservoirs. And so I wanted to give you the opportunity and the floor to educate us once again, Mr. Nick Hodge, because I um, have a feeling this one should be interesting. Uh, I don't know about educate, but perhaps entertain. So, you know, I used to spend much more time railing against uh, the dumb things the government uh, did and, and have gotten away from that in recent years. I think probably because I've been busy raising three young children and, and, and running two businesses. And so I uh, haven't had the time and also have a bit more, you know, a capital than I did in previous years. So I'm, I'm more appreciative of, of where I am as far as life station that I don't have to, um, you know, be a curmudgeon about the government. But nonetheless, the government is is still worthy of, of poking from time to time. So um, especially as it relates to how they serve themselves, the people in the government serve themselves and, and, and not others. Um, and so just two quick stories to, to highlight that, um, <laughs> uh, in India, the country, India, um, there was a, an official, um, who had to do with, um, natural resources, you know, water allocation and, and farming and things like that. And he, he dropped his phone into a, a, a reservoir last <laughs> week. Um, clearly the phone was gone and, and didn't function anymore, but I don't know if you saw this story. Do you know what this I official have, in I, India I have did? It. No. He had the entire reservoir drained and wasted all the water in the reservoir so he could retrieve his Samsung smart device, which was clearly broken. And um, now he's catching all sorts of flack from people, including farmers, who said, you know, we could have used this He's still alive? Water. Uh, they, I think it was something like they could have irrigated 1,500 acres or something with the amount of water that, that he wasted. And this is India we're talking about, right? Yeah. Not a fully developed nation, right? Water's right. critical resource. It uh, gets routinely over 100 degrees. This guy drained the reservoir and used his power to drain the reservoir to get his, his Samsung phone back. So. Don't have to say much more other than that, but this is what I mean by how the government uses its station, um, or the people uses the, use their station in the government to, to serve themselves, right? Uh, no need to get this guy's phone back. It, it didn't function when he got it back anyway. Um, and then the Maryland license plates is, a, is an interesting story as well. You'll laugh at this one. Um, a couple of years ago, Maryland issued a special license plate to commemorate the War of 1812. It was the 200th anniversary, so that would have made it to 2012. Um, they put out the special license plate. It was, you know, Star Spangled, um, Star Spangled 200, it was. Um, you know, it had the, a drummer boy and an, an American flag, and, and it had a website at the bottom of the license plate, www.starspangled200.org. Um, and I think since they ran from like 2012 to 2016, they were issuing those, these license plates. So some 400,000 people have them. I think I read, um, 
And it's been a little bit since they stopped issuing them in 2016. You know, it's been six, seven years since they yeah. put those license plates out. And apparently um, no one was paying attention to the um, ownership of the URL that they printed on all those license plates, that www.starspangle200.org. And so some government official um, forgot to renew that URL. And so if you happen to go to that website now, you will be promptly uh, redirected to a Filipino gambling site <laughs> clad, clad with women revealing their cleavage. And this is on 400,000 license plates in the state of Maryland. That is absolutely hilarious. And kudos to the gentleman or the woman that picked up on the fact that this had expired and went out there and bought it up. Whoever that is deserves a raise if they are Pretty employed. Good. Absolutely. I wish we could end on that note, but we started with um, me asking you if you were gay yet. And and I mentioned the Blue Jays pitcher. Anthony Bass was his name. And and I was incorrect. So I want to correct my, my, my initial statement there. It wasn't over refusal to wear the jersey. It was a video that he shared that endorsed anti-LGBTQ boycotts of brands such as Target and Bud Light. Um, the clip says, here's the reason biblically why I believe Christians have got to be boycotting (laughs) Target, Bud Light, and any other corporation that's pushing the things that they're pushing. Um, and then he goes on to say, or the clip goes on to say, not even him. Um, he says, this is evil. This is demonic. We won't stand for it. We're not going to go to the stores anymore. And we're not going to give you our money, which again, even if I don't agree with his opinion, he should have the right to think it and he should have the right to say it, right? And so he backtracked a few days later. He said his teammates reached out to him. They, they shared some stories and, you know, he says that he wants to better educate himself and make better decisions going forward. You know, I can, I, I, I can agree with his right to say it and I can agree with his right to want to educate himself better. Um, kind of neutral on that side of it. But anyhow, that's the actual story. Anthony Bass from the Blue Jays trying to make himself better good for mr anthony bass good for mr anthony bass i think that's all we got nick um i I hope everybody had a great memorial day here um this past week by the time you see this it would have obviously uh been a week or so but um yeah I, i i i don't have anything else i need to get off my chest i think uh we're in for two markets this summer we're in for red hot names um that are gonna do amazingly well companies that are exploring, making discoveries, adding to discoveries. And then look, I think there's companies that are just kind of biding their time, hoping that markets get better and lift all boats. I don't see a pleasant future for them in the near future, though I think the second half of the year um, will be you know, a much better trading setup from the macro side and the commodity sectors. Look, commodities are soft the people's wallets are tight i've seen companies you know trying to raise two million dollars that are that are stuck at a dollar i've seen companies that have had to to reprice financing and so yeah um it's not all gravy for for all companies and the the sentiment in the commodity space is still soft look we didn't talk about copper or oil (laughs) but you know copper is down below four dollars oil is down below seventy dollars i told you that could be the case uh, many months ago that you know it could be weak Um, and that's a function, again, as a broken record of, you know, demand destruction being priced in because of this looming recession. And so um, it's not all gravy for for all commodities, certainly. And 
um, you're going to have to pick your spots. And then again, coming out of the the backside of this, I think it's going to be really good. But uh, there's companies that are that are struggling now, and um, you know, maybe some of those companies' balance sheets will um, make it so that they go to to company heaven, uh, as it were. There's some that are, that are really close, and that's frankly healthy for the the TSXV and 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 those companies that um, list on it. So uh, we can get capital better better allocated to to companies that are good stewards of it and that are actually putting it into the ground and are um, you know looking to explore, forward, develop, and and mine resources that um, aren't just shareholder resources. Couldn't agree with you more. Um, you mentioned backsides and, and good. And, and speaking of good backsides, Lululemon shares surge after reporting a 24% sales growth, raising full-year guidance. So I figured amidst a recession, amidst a tightening of the wallet, um, always good to see a good backside lifting the spirits of investors. I like those yoga pants. <laughs> That's it, folks. I'm supposed to remind you to check us out at dailyprofitcycle.com forward slash subscribe to get all of our updates, market commentary, market commentary from all of our editors who cover everything from crypto to the major indices to mining shares to off the beaten path sectors that merit some reading. A lot of good free education over there at Daily Profit Cycle. Strongly encourage you to check that out. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with Mr. Nick Hodge. This was the 221st episode of our weekly therapy session we call Investing in Bizarro World. Nick, send us off with some wise words. I wonder if Lululemon sells gray sweatpants, which is the uh, gay equivalent of the, of the black yoga pants. That's or so my gay friends tell me. Enjoy it. Hey there, you independent-minded investor. If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one. And share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one. Thanks for watching.